Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Insane in the membrane. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane, with me, Rich Wilson. And this week I'm joined by brilliant comedian Ian Smith. Hello. Um, hello. This is the best intro to a podcast I've ever heard. It's like <laughs> like on radio where you do it over as it fades down. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? This is all. I like this it. This is why. This is the benefit of having a decent producer like producer Paul, who just <laughs> puts these things in line. It makes me look brilliant. People go, oh, Rich yeah, Wilson. Yeah. Rich Bruce has got it going on. It's like, no, 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 no. It's people around me that have got it going on. And I just bumble into the frame that they've put together and go, what are we doing? And they go, just just point at that. I go, okay, hello. Anyway, giving giving away all the secrets. How are you? Are you all right? Yeah, yeah, good. I'm quite cold Oh yeah. at the time of recording, just in case yeah. this goes out in summer and everyone's like, what are you on about? <laughs> it's taken a turn, hasn't it? It's, it has gone chilly. I've yeah, got, yeah. Uh, I've got yeah, I've got friends of mine in Manchester that have sent me photos this morning of snow, mm. and they're like, you know, and I, I think I've just upset one of them because they showed me it, and I went, "Well, it's not very John Lewis esque." And they went, "What do you mean? I live in a shit hole?" I went, "No, I didn't. I meant, I meant it's the amount of snow, not that you live in a dump." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer snow to this. At least snow kind of looks magical. This just feels, just feels horrible to go out in. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's like when it rains that, and you just you go. Well, it's just water. We go. Yeah, but you know, mm. I didn't get dressed in the shower. <laughs> so <laughs> why would it be all right to stand in it? Where are you at the minute? I'm I'm in the new flat that I'm renting. Nice. Just moved like a month and a bit ago, and um, it's all single glazing. Oh God. Which um. <laughs> <laughs> haven't had before for a while so i'm i'm really it's a big adjustment in my life yeah 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 oh mate and is that still up in is up where are you because you're from ghoul originally yeah yeah but i'm i've been in london other than like the pandemic i've been in london for like 15 years right. so um i'm between peckham and east dulwich oh, no. at the minute yeah 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 um, yeah if you wanted I don't know, if I had a stalker and they wanted to track me down, they could probably have a good stab at it from just e- equal distance between East Dulwich and Peckham Ride train stations. <laughs> so, um, yeah, hang if, around if anyone wants to have a go. Just hang around by the Tesco, you're bound to pop by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're smashing it at the, mate, at the minute, mate. I've seen, you know, it's really good to see the, the podcast with Amy's doing really well. 
you're doing really well. It's nice, man. It's not, I, I'm enjoying. Yeah. I mean, I was with Javier Hakim last night, and um, and I saw that he's just done a show off Broadway. It's just mm. really nice to see good people doing well. How are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like comedy can be so um, it's so competitive, yeah. and it, it can make you very bitter. So it, it's nice when um, people you like and people who um, you know you gig with and they're nice and they're good fun when you see them getting stuff it's nice to be able to um you know try and have that have a positive feeling for someone else right rather than just going um that doesn't affect me (laughs) um yeah yeah i find that i find yes that's the thing with comedy if you let it if you let it it can it can affect you a little bit you can get a little bit Mm. sort of right you know but I think having done it long enough now, I kind of come out the other side because I had that I had that time I was a bit well for fuck's sake. But you got to look at what you do have, and you go, "Oh no, that's all right. I'm having a nice time." You know, like I got to get yeah, with Harry yeah. Hill last night, and you go, "Oh yeah, that's all right." Mm. You know, yeah, it's just so it's such a like visual thing. Like success is so visual in comedy, yeah. um, and because like. Like TV still has this sort of like hallowed thing of um, seeing you. Know, I guess like if you're doing like another job, when when you're outside of your job, you can sort of maybe a bit more forget about the competitiveness of it. But um, if you want to do comedy or maybe bits of acting and writing, then everything on TV has been written or has yeah. like an actor in it. So th- there's always things you can look at and go. Oh, I wouldn't mind doing that. Whereas, I guess, like, if you're um, a lawyer, it just doesn't come up as often on the TV of, like, top lawyer um, solves case and all that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we are. It's There are... There's more opportunities to do things in what we do. Like you, like you say, you've, mm. if you have an idea for something, there's always somebody you could probably go have a chat to about it, which is nice. Um, yeah, 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 but it's funny, isn't it? It's, I, I never expected it. I never expected to get into this position. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll do comedy. I'll see what happens. And then I'm like, and people are like going, oh yeah, do you want to work on this? Do you want to do that? And I'm like, oh yeah, go on then. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I mean, it's a nice position to be. And uh, mm. yeah, what was it like growing up in Ghoul? I've only ever been, I've only ever been once. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it. Well, when you're young, it probably feels pretty, um, it's like a normal town. Mm. I think the more you um, go to other places, you realize how kind of quiet and slightly odd it is. Um, but I guess there's just not, there's not a lot to do in Ghoul. There, no. There's like, I think there's two good walks that you can <laughs> go on. Um, like when, when I was back, so I, I was back in Ghoul for, like a year and a half during lockdown and trying to like do stuff, trying to do anything. Um, and there's like one park in Ghoul that's quite nice and a little like riverbank walk. Um, but other than that, there's not, there's nothing really, um, there's nothing really to, to do. Yeah. Um, there's not like a sort of a go-to like restaurant in Ghoul. Um, you know, like a kind of talk of the town. Oh, you got to eat. eat yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
there's not really like a tourist attraction. Um, yeah, like, um, but it, but it was nice. Like, um, you know, nothing to to complain about. But I, I guess like it's hard when you move to London and and go back that you can feel a bit like, um, oh, why isn't there something going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah. there's just something going on, or, or there's like a friend nearby, and um, yeah. In lockdown, there's only really one friend who was sort of in any way relatively close by, mm. who I could see sort of visually. Um, yeah. So, I, but I think it's just a bit of an odd, an odd town. Yeah, I think it's like. Um, when, yeah, I know what you mean. You go on. Well, it's because a, a good example. So this is like just happened in the news. So we've got these two our like iconic buildings yeah. are these two now disused water towers, and they're known as the Salt and Pepper Pot. And you can yeah. see them from all over Gore. One of them's like this long, thin brown one, and the other one's like a kind of stouter white one. So I always assumed they're called the Salt and Pepper Pot. Because you know they yeah. look like salt and pepper, pretty easily definable. <laughs> and for the 200th like anniversary of the town, they're going to release ceramic salt and pepper pots with salt and pepper in them. Right. So like, I don't know who's, no one's <laughs> buying them, but that that's the council's plan. We'll make our own salt and pepper pots. And the council had a vote as to which one should have salt in and which one should have pepper in. And you're looking at them thinking, one's brown, one's white. One of them looks like a pepper grinder, <laughs> but they were split fifty-fifty. They couldn't decide because no. <laughs> this council's so old. <laughs> they predate pepper grinders, apparently. Right, pepper grinders weren't a thing back when these people were were alive. Yeah. So, um, so they had to make it into a town-wide vote. So, Ghoul had like a referendum on which one of um, two buildings. <laughs> should have salt in and which should have pepper in if they were to be made into ceramic salt and pepper pots like like fucking brexit so Mate. yeah i think that, i don't know it just seems to sum up what a weird town it is i think that's yeah i think there's councils all over the place sometimes they have these weird it's like the roads are fucked and the potholes need sorting out but they go yeah but we need to commemorate this weird yeah, thing yeah. and we're going to do it with this in this weird way but because it's a committee, we can't just go, we're doing this. We all have to vote on it. And everybody yeah. has to have their their say. <laughs> it's like, like you just said, it's, like, it's there. It's right in front of you. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are you arguing about? Like... Yeah, it made it into the, there was like a Guardian article. And there was like news articles from like Australian media. And everyone basically looking at it going, that one's fucking pepper, you morons. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> So, yeah, the times we've made it into The Guardian or national newspapers have always just been weird, yeah, weird stories. It's, it never paints a town in a good light. <laughs> it's like where I grew up in Orpington. So it was just on the edge of Kent and London. Mm. And the I remember this one story when I was a kid. There was a kid in our, a couple of years below me in school. And he used to, he loved traffic lights. <laughs> and he used to collect, and he had his own traffic lights in his bedroom. And he, yeah, he used to go to junctions, and then he he'd work out the he'd work out the timing 
on the different. Oh right. Like the, yeah, 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 and that made the papers. <laughs> yeah, good. you know that's how that's that's big news in Orpington in 1980. Whenever yeah. it was. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you had traffic lights in your bedroom. Yeah, you couldn't couldn't leave your bedroom until it went green. <laughs> and you don't realise how big a set of traffic lights are <laughs> yeah. when they're not on the pole. Right. Like, yeah, it takes up most of your box room. You know, you got that. Wow. <laughs> oh, God, I'd forgotten about him. Um... <laughs> get him on. Get him on the get pod. Get him on. Oh, God. So what was all that about? <laughs> <laughs> but it was that it was that kind of small town thing where they've got mm. their, their local newspaper and they're trying to fill it up with stuff. And it's always yeah, yeah. something bollocks, isn't it? Like, you know. Yeah, I think that's what I love about the kind of small town life or, or small town papers. It's like they, there's no news happening. Yeah. There's nothing newsworthy here, but you're contractually obliged to fill like 50 page newspaper. <laughs> so you're just going around and like anything of like uh, someone had like a plant pot stolen from outside their house and like, right. So far that's front page. <laughs> And we're going to go around the town and try and knock it back to page four or something. <laughs> it's got to be something bigger. Yeah. It's, it's, that, it's like in Afterlife, isn't it? Ricky Gervais's thing. And his, mm. his character plays that. Is is that kind of journalist. That journalist. <laughs> it's that, yeah, yeah. The guy that was posting letters in the dog shit bin. You know. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do, yeah. It's, it's, I know what you mean growing up in a town like that where nothing happens and there's nothing of any... Like, nobody's going there. No one's like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to Orpington today. Why mm. is that? Oh, they've got a really brilliant market or they've got a really brilliant thing we need to see. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, you go through Orpington to get to somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that felt, I think that's why I needed, I felt I needed to get away from it. So I didn't feel, I was like, oh, no, I need to, this isn't enough. I need to go somewhere else. And I always had my eye on London because London was, near enough that we could all we were always in it mm. you know it was just like it was like 15 minutes on the train yeah yeah you know and, and i know what you mean about when you go back you go wow this is quiet whereas mm. london is so full-on now i was up there uh yesterday and the day before and you're walking around i was walking around soho and i'm like actually this is a, this is a bit much now i don't know yeah, if, that's, yeah. uh, if that's the same for you you kind of go Ooh. <laughs> yeah well i definitely feel it with like um Friday, Saturday nights now. Like mm. Friday, Saturday, walking through Soho, going, ah, this is this is chaos. <laughs> I never used to say the word chaos because it's not chaos. It's just people enjoying an evening. It's quite busy, but I'm like, this is mad. This is chaos. <laughs> it's so busy. Everyone like can't. If you want to go, I'll go get a drink somewhere, and I just become really um like fatalist. I'm like. Everywhere's bitter there. You won't get in anywhere. <laughs> You're not going to get in anywhere now. I just got to stand outside. Um, yeah, I, I don't... I'm not a big fan of walking. I guess it happens a lot when you're a comedian where you're maybe not drunk, but you're just walking through a weekend yeah. or walking home while everyone's like... I, yeah, I guess it never feels great to be the person not having a party while everyone around you is having a yeah. massive... It's, it's a big celebration. It's weird. Well, that's what we do, isn't it? We're kind of, 
we're in, like even with the gigs that we do, you know, people are getting pissed all around you, and mm. especially in certain clubs, you know, where you know they're just on a night out and they they just happen to have chosen a comedy night rather than just standing in a Weatherspoon. Yeah, whatever. yeah. And we have to kind yeah. of stand there trying to make these these people laugh, and and sometimes they're like, yeah, I'm not, I don't care about this. <laughs> mm. You still got to go. Yeah, but let me tell you about the biscuits I bought. And you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling that at the minute with like December gigs mm. about to start, um, and you've sort of got a, be yeah because you know there'll be a lot of works parties who haven't come for comedy, um, but you can't lose the room and you can't look like you can't really say to those people like, like tell them off and be like come on listen you're ruining the night mm. and all that kind of stuff. So when people chip in with like absolute dog shit, you've got to look like. You're going, oh, oh, yeah, that's good, that, mate. Yeah, oh, that's funny. And and you're trying to, like, go go off it and work with it. But in your head, you're just thinking, I've heard that sort of shit a million times before. Yeah. Um, or, like, you could be having, like, a good gig and someone will say something like, when's the comedy starting? Yeah. And you got to try and be playful with it. But in your head, you want to just go, the gig's going well, you fucking moron. <laughs> like, um, I've heard that. People have said that so many times. Um, but you've just got to be like, oh, that's funny, mate. Where, where do you work again? Oh, okay. But like, um, yeah, trying to pretend. I mean, I love comedy, but some sometimes it's it's hard work. But you've yeah. always just got to pretend like um, this is the craziest, funnest gig you've ever done. Just trying to keep everyone on side so you can get through it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I, I, yeah, I, I, I stupidly said the other week that, oh, do you know what? Christmas gigs aren't what they used to be. Ever, the last few years <laughs> yeah. have been all right. And the very next day, I had a proper wanky gig where this, yeah, they were just feral. And you're going like, Can you, what is wrong with you? This, this, you know, this, it was like I hadn't even started yet, and I was emceeing, and I had to just like stop the gig and just go listen. This is not going to work. You need you need to shut up, and you need to shut up. You're not even. They weren't even like. Oh, the show started. Brilliant. They were like, ah, ah, just yeah, start, yeah. literally shouting, screaming, and you're yeah. standing going. <laughs> yeah, some of it. Yeah, some some Christmas gigs are just like completely out of control. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I don't really believe in a higher power. But I think if there is one, it's probably just keeping its ears out for like that kind of stuff. Go, oh, Rich Wilson's just said Christmas gigs aren't what they used to be. Let's <laughs> let's give him an absolute nightmare now. <laughs> it's just uh, yeah, every it's funny, isn't it? Where it's all about like a higher power, and you're like, you know, it seems to be like when you're going, oh, I'm a bit skint, I need some money. And it just gets ignored. But when you go, oh, Christmas gigs are all right. It goes, <laughs> yeah. ah, yeah, right. We're going to react to that. Fuck him in his money. We're going to fucking ruin his night. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> people always say, like, pride comes before a fall. But there's no there's no saying that as, like, a positive message for humility. It's not no. like pride comes before a fall, but humility comes before an eventual reward in your life. It's just basically <laughs> saying, if you're cocky, someone's going to fuck you over. Yeah. And if you're not happy with your life, it's probably going to stay like that. <laughs> Which would look really shit on a on a tea towel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
not the inspirational meme that everyone really mentioned putting that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a look into twat. That, some, some merch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think after this. <laughs> But when you're on tour, there's, there's your, there's your, yeah. there's your quote. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do that with, um, when I see people with merch um, after tours and stuff, I've always wanted to like have some completely bizarre merch, but um, I don't know if the joke's worth me spending um, like 400 pounds on tea towels <laughs> with like that written on it. But I'd find it funny, but um. If you yeah, if you could afford it, it would be funny. But yeah, <laughs> like, do you remember when um, Tim Vine got um, a massive? It was either a, I think it might have even been on a bus, or it was a massive advertising hoarding was in Edinburgh. Two, it was two advertising billboards that were side by side, or yeah. as a massive one, and it was at the bottom of where the city cafe is on the hill, down yeah. towards Cowgate, and it was across the bottom. And it was the talk of the festival. And it what just did it said, say? Was it just... So there's a big picture of him. He's like that. And it went, Tim Vine. And underneath it went, will not be appearing at this year's festival. In really small <laughs> letters. But it was the talk of the festival. Even yeah. now. And that was, I don't know, well, that was in 2006? Yeah. Seven? Yeah. People still talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know your career's going well if you can spend... Right, minimum a, a grand yeah. on a poster, just because that's just for comedians. It's just to to make them laugh. Well, again, it was like Sam Campbell, not yeah. last year, year before. It was just him in a picture of Steve Bennett. That was the only picture of him anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And it was in a really obscure place as well. It was at the bottom of Cowgate in Edinburgh mm. before you turn up the hill to go towards the Pleasants. Yeah, just, and it, there was no, there were no words on it. There was nothing. There was just Not even him. like a QR code that you could scan. <laughs> and to be honest, I didn't even know it was him to start with. Yeah. I kept seeing that picture. And it wasn't until I went, oh, shit, yeah, that's Sam Campbell. And it, <laughs> to have the bollocks to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's, that's again, you know, he's, he's, he's another comment. Like, I, I greatly admire your work. I think you're, I think you're brilliant. And Sam as well. Sam just does mm. this art. This he just looks at the world at a different angle. Yeah, I think it's really mm. hard to. I I think some people come along in comedy that um just naturally think differently mm. to other people. Because I I watch Sam's um I I think in the build up to doing Edinburgh and when you're stressing out about writing a show and things don't look funny anymore because you've been overanalyzing them. There's a couple of comedians whose shows I'd watch, and I think they all just like embrace being quite silly. Mm. But I'd watch the show that Sam put up on YouTube. I really love his stuff. And you just think, this is so silly. But it's also like, it's really good observational stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he's got stuff that like, that Seinfeld would have done. Like it, he he really kind of lists our observations, and he almost sounds like like a mixture of like Donald Trump and Seinfeld, like the the weird kind of inflections and the way he talks, and would just kind of remind me to be like, yeah, comedy's supposed to be like fun and silly, yeah, but but I don't think anyone else can think like him. Like he's just got such a left field way of coming at 
observations. Yeah. You just kind of have to accept your brain doesn't work in the yeah. same way as other comedians. I think that's it. And it, it so I watch people. It's, I, I get. I remember, I, watched, I remember watching you. We did that gig on the on the mobile cinema. Oh yeah. And I remember watching you, and you were just in the moment, and you were mucking around with the fact that it was on a weird angle. Mm. And you were just. And I was. I remember that's the time. I was sort of watching. And I was like, "You've got funny bones. Like you're mm. just a funny person." And you're right. And watching it, I was like, oh, I need to be more like that. And you go, no, but you are, you know, you're funny in your own way. So watching someone like you, it's like, that's what you do. You're that person. Yeah, yeah. I'm a different person. And watching Sam as well. And I watched him do this bit and the whole, he went on this mad tangent. And then the bit, and then he, he goes, yeah. And he goes, and I was just staring into a shovel. Mm-hmm. Like it was buying a shovel or something like that. Yeah. And it was this whole massive story. And he went, yeah, and I was just staring at my reflection in the shovel. And I fucking died. Is <laughs> it just, it was so out there. And I think that's it. Adam Bloom talked about it the other week at a seminar we, I went to see. He talks about it in his book as well. Like being you is enough. Like it's all mm-hmm. real. Like you admire other people. Oh, I wish I was more like that. I wish I was more like that. But you go, no, 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 you're, you're, you're good enough at what you're doing. So embrace that, mm. you know. Yeah, I think like you always take stuff, especially when you're starting out. You watch so many people and kind of go, "Oh fuck, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to do this." Mm. And and sometimes it drags you in one direction, but I feel like it always like filters out. Like yes, and then you know, like you're panning for gold or whatever, where you have all this like shit that you've got from other people and all these ideas where you're like. I want to be like um, Sam Campbell or, or Tim Key or mm. um, this person or like I want to improvise more, I want to do that. But eventually you sort of try those things and then you get left with like kind of what you had before but with little extra. We're like, I'm still the same person but I'm a bit more in the moment. Or yeah. um, I try and think of like the the second thought on a subject rather than the first one and try to come at it different angle or something like that but um yeah it it is hard not to look at someone else and think ah i love what they do but um but i think it's just because you look at your own you look at yourself and your own stuff all the time that i i think um maybe this is just me but i i think to me i'm the most boring person on the planet (laughs) because just existed within myself and looked at my own face so many times that I just look at myself and go, a oh, fucking dull, uninteresting <laughs> face. I've got no, I've got, I have a personality. I've got nothing going on. I've got nothing to talk about. But but you have. It's just like, yeah. it'd be weird if you were waking up in the morning going, wow, I surprise myself every day with all these nuances to my personality. You're just sort of bored. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've met those people, and they are assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People to wake up and are pleased to see themselves in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You again? Oh, it's you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nice when people are confident and feel good about themselves. But yeah, there's a certain degree where you're like, you, I don't think you're a good person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <there's> a... <laughs> Yeah, you kind of go, no, no one, that's too, yeah, there's a fine line and you can tip over into cunty very yeah. easily. Um, <laughs> it's all the funny people as well. Amy Gledhill, you do the other podcast with. 
Mm. She's another one that is funny, like just funny bones. I remember yeah, seeing yeah. her years ago and just, just going, yeah, you're, she's just funny. And so the two of you together really work really well. Mm. And is that something that just sort of came sort of naturally? Sort of like you just were friends yeah, first yeah. and then? Yeah, well, like, it kind of happened because a couple of Edinburghs, we would stay with um, another comedian called David Callahan, right. who's, again, re- really funny and really, like, naturally funny and silly, like, conversationally. And um, the three of us in particular, I think, would kind of stay up and be chatting. And the thing I loved most about those Edinburghs were those moments that kind of, like, 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the morning where your gigs are finished and you're just sort of chatting, trying to make each other laugh. Yeah. And I've I've been thinking of, like, you know, wanting to start podcasts and stuff. And I thought, well, I don't want to f- do anything forced. I, I want to do something with the people who um, I really enjoy talking to. And I think that'll be contagious. Yeah. So me, Amy, and David did a, a kind of pilot years ago and like various stuff kind of got in the way and and then there's pandemic and everything and when we pitched it like me and amy were both in london Mm. and it kind of made sense for us us two to kind of do it in person together but yeah it did just come from thinking really love like chatting to to amy um and making each other laugh and i i think if people will enjoy that sort of contagious fun of going these people actually like each other and, and they're yeah. friends they they haven't just been like i think some like comedy networks or whatever they'll kind of go oh we want to do a podcast about relationships or or money or, or something and they just put like two comedians together and you think that's, that's never going to work as well as if they're not friends yeah 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 um but um, and Amy's such a generous laugher. She it, she makes you sound like you're the funniest person on the planet because <laughs> yeah. she laughs like so much. Um, but yeah, she she's definitely someone who like I directed Amy's debut show, and you sort of don't need to do too too much. You're basically discussing like the show with her, but mm. she's someone who um. I think just has so many like naturally funny stories in her life that she doesn't really yeah. need to try too hard. I think some people really need to work and craft their material. I'm not saying Amy doesn't do that, but no, no, no. she just has so much, um, so much kind of natural warmth and humor. Yeah. I think that's, it's, it's that, like you said about chemistry, that's so important. There's so many, there's a few that I've listened to other podcasts and I'm just like, Oh God, they're, mm. they're too busy trying to talk over each other, yeah and, yeah, and get their bit over. Whereas you two have a really nice, it's a really nice thing that you do. Mm. You know, it's a really nice chemistry. Um, yeah, and it's funny about that being. Like, there are, I find, I've what I had to learn as a comedian was how to tell a story, keep it interesting. You know, I, I could always make people laugh, but especially with Edinburgh, we've got to take, it's got to be longer, longer. Material. Yeah. And I think that's what I need. And I suppose that would be the same with Amy and the same with you. you you're, you're, you're good at your, you've got good stuff. You have to learn how to tell it in a mm. way that people are going to, you know, 
be interested and go, oh, yeah, that was a good story. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, and I still, like, with this show as well, um, Still, I still feel the need to, like, force myself to do stuff that makes it more interesting. Like, because I, I did three shows in a row where I probably, like, went and did something not just for comedy, but at the back of my head, hoping it led to something so that I'm otherwise I felt like all I'd have to say is like all I'd be doing is traveling to gigs and mm. overthinking comedy a bit so I went to Norway to like see the Northern Lights and then had to, the next two shows all involved some kind of like trip somewhere like when me nice. and my brother going to Chernobyl and <laughs> wanted, my brother had like wanted to go to Chernobyl and and I thought, well, that'd be a really nice thing for us to do. But I was in the back of my head, I was thinking, I'm surely going to get 10 minutes out of visiting <laughs> Chernobyl. Yeah, of course. Um, and like in, in this show, like um, I was talking about stress quite a lot. Um, and I saw this thing of like this ultimate de-stressing experience that was um, smashing a car with some hammers and then driving over it in a tank. Nice. Um, and it's in Slovakia. And it's for like six people minimum. And I couldn't find six people and it was short notice. And Edinburgh was coming up and I was like, <laughs> I, I think I need to do something to like give this a bit more interest. But um, so I ended up going with my mate, who's my hairdresser, and Stuart Laws, who's directing the show. Oh, yeah. Um, I had to pay like a decent whack of money to do it because it was like under the standard minimum oh yes you had to cover up the fact that other people weren't there yeah and oh. and i was but i was just thinking like this the show's like getting there but it, it maybe just needs like a big silly story and a way to talk about stress that isn't too like um serious but um yeah it's like a bit of a gamble in my head of going this is this is going to cost a lot because i got to pay for um an Airbnb and a tank driving experience for six people. Yeah. Um, even though there's only like two other people coming along. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Otherwise I think I would have like, would have been 15 minutes short on my show. <laughs> I like that. See, that's a typical comedian. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, just, it's just, it was the, yeah, I know I spent all that money, but. I've got 15 minutes out of it. You know, worth every <laughs> yeah, penny, yeah. worth every penny. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There, yeah. there are these weird... Do you, so, are you, so would you say you're quite a sort of stressed person do you find it difficult to relax because i've seen your some mm. of your stuff when you go off on a rant which is really funny by the way mm. it's it's you can see there's a it's there's that a real like <laughs> annoyance a real like <laughs> fuck so do you find yeah. yourself quite a stressed sort of person yeah i think i think so like i think um i think i always like overthink and stress or i'm kind of anxious in some way but it it's become so sort of like normalized to me that um i um i sort of maybe don't see it as bad as it is because mm. like because yeah i was thinking my answer would probably be like yeah i'm probably like stressed out about something um every day yeah um like it I, and like it's probably like my default kind of setting and I kind of know that sometimes I, I say to friends, like, they ask me how I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, not too bad. I was um, a bit stressed uh, yesterday. And they'll go like, oh, really? You? Oh, that's a surprise. <laughs> what, you were stressed out? And you're like, oh, right, yeah, I guess I, I, guess I must be stressed all the time if um, it gets that sort of sarcastic response. Um, yeah, and it, it, well, it's something I talked about in my Edinburgh show this year of, like, um, um, feeling quite worried about stress because, like, my dentist told me that I'm like grinding my teeth. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I have this thing called bruxism, like a kind of chronic teeth grinding. Mm. So I have to wear like a mouth guard now to make sure that, like, when I'm sixty or whatever, I've still got some teeth. <laughs> um, but it's not really noticeable. But it's kind of slightly more flattened, flattened off. Like I've kind of filed them down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I do remember someone come up to me after the show and said that they grind their teeth, um, and they don't wear a mouth guard, and they showed me their teeth, and in my head I was like, "Yeah, fucking hell, you are gr- you are grinding them." <laughs> um, and it's horrible, but it did, it did make me feel a bit better because I was <laughs> like, "This guy's grinding his teeth. I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm doing okay." You've dealt with it. You've got your mouth guard. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, that's a, that is a level of stress. Mm. That yeah, quite, oh God, I, it's made my it weirdly made my teeth go on edge. Just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I because I think I must do it in my sleep, and I've, I've been told ages ago to get a mouth guard, and then like went to the dentist a couple of years ago, and they were like, "You need to wear your mouth guard, like mm. you know, as, as much as you can," and it made me so focused in on it of being like that all of a sudden, all I was really thinking about was, I was kind of putting my teeth together and moving my jaw to, to be like, are they, 
do I grind them in the day? Why, when am I doing it? Like, but I was so preoccupied with it that I, I just, I it sort of would have been healthier if they hadn't have mentioned it to me. Because so, yeah. after that meeting, it was all I could. Um, <laughs> it's like if someone said to you, um, I know your head's a bit of a weird shape. And then you're just like, well, that's fucked me for life now. Every time I look in the mirror, but like, my head is weird. What's going yeah. on with it? Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Sometimes so it's did, best not to know. Get in my... Yeah, yeah. But I guess um, they've got a duty of care to my, um, yeah. my old gnashers. Well, this, yeah, I mean, you would have got down to like you know <laughs> the gums. And you'd be going, where are my teeth going? (laughs) Yeah. Why hasn't the dentist said something here? i got no teeth left. And they're just going, yeah, maybe floss them a bit more. (laughs) Nothing to floss. But look after your gums. Look after your gums (laughs) and your gums will look after you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A a really nervous dentist who doesn't want to upset anybody. Yeah, yeah. No, everything's fine. It doesn't feel fine. Okay. I'm having trouble with bread. Yeah. <laughs> Why are my gums bleeding all the time? Don't <laughs> worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just just floss and get some get yourself some mouthwash, mate. You'll be all yeah. right. I find it's funny on a subconscious level with stress. That something like the old stress will kill you. Mm. And I've had that before. I've been to the like, when I had counselling and talking to him. He goes, "Yeah, you're stressed," and I'm like, oh, "I feel fine." Mm. Do you? And then you start breaking in and go, oh, yeah, that was that. I do remember they were, we were doing some um, relaxation exercises and I suddenly mm. realised, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm clenched most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do like... you think... <laughs> you do, it, sometimes it's a bit like um, when you've got like a, one of those hangovers that like really does last like a day or a day and a bit and you're feeling a bit stupid because you're like, well, I've got an headache just because I, I drank enough of the same thing. And now, like, my day's a bit ruined today. My headache, yeah. feel a bit sick. And and you just want it to, like, stop feeling hungover. Um, and then the, the day you wake up and you're like, I feel completely fine. You almost feel euphoric. Yeah. But it's not euphoric. It's just normal life. <laughs> but you've just had, like, a couple of days of feeling shit. Or, you, or you've had, like, the flu or, like, COVID or whatever. And as soon as you're out of it and you're like, like, life is beautiful. Like, we're, like I'm, I'm back. Um, but, yeah, I think if you're sort of always a little bit stressed, that, that's your normal. That's your kind of base level. Um, so then if you do have that time in life where you're like, I don't feel like I've got anything to worry about at the minute. Or, you know, today's been, like, a really good day. And you sort of feel on cloud nine. Um and I think you do sort of realize, oh yeah, I think I must, um, I must be quite stressed because I'm on cloud nine here and nothing's happening. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't feel um, stressed. I've just like maybe got a nice email and I've, I've just had a bit of cake and I feel like I've won the lottery. Yeah, and like yeah, maybe your day-to-day life is a bit stressful if um, <laughs> this is all it takes for you to feel like you're nailing things. <laughs> I've had that. I, I just have that moment where I'm like, oh, everything's great. You know, like, yeah, you just had some water. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm nailing this. Yeah, that is like, it's so, um, like I, during lockdown, I, I was really good at it for the first like four or five months yeah. of being like, 
I'm gonna not have like sugary drinks, and I'm gonna try and like not snack because I I do that quite a lot. Like I have a bit of a sweet tooth, um, and I was exercising, and um, yeah, like remember like just thinking, I feel really good, and even like at the end of the day, I'd look back at the day and think, all I drank today was water. Yeah. Like I didn't have like a can of Coke. Um, I didn't really have any like. I had one little snack. I had some fruit. I had some nuts. And you, you just like look at what you've done in the day and go, I fucking nailed that, <laughs> and it feels so good. Um, just to have like got through the day and been like, I, I did everything I should have done then. Yeah. Um, it is annoying how um, like, you know, eating well and looking after yourself. Or, or even just like achieving something that you wanted to it makes you feel good, but it's so difficult to do it. <laughs> like it's so difficult just to have a. I don't think I can have a day where um, I don't like have a little snack or a, a like sugary drink or something. And yeah, if I, if I do it for one day, I'm like, I'm fucking incredible. I just <laughs> had nuts. I had nuts instead of a cake. I feel like a god. <laughs> I have this thing where I'll have a good day and I go, and I can't help it. I just go, yeah, but it won't last. Tomorrow will be shit again. <laughs> just oh, yeah. enjoy this. Enjoy this. You've had a nice time. Like you say, you've you've managed to get through the day without eating shit. You mm. know, you got your admin done. You did whatever you needed to do. You've, you've returned phone calls. You did your thing. You've had, enjoy this. This is a nice moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's such a, I don't know why. I do that. I would kind of like, mm. oh yeah, that, oh, that was good. Yeah, but it doesn't last, does it? <laughs> yeah, pessimistic I, bullshit. I think I do that as well, and it almost feels like you're sort of protecting yourself a little bit because, mm, like, yeah. um, when you're feeling pretty good and happy and stuff, it is. It's disappointing then if like an annoying email comes through, and you're a bit like, oh, here we go again. That um, some sometimes you want to brace yourself for something bad happening yeah so that it doesn't yeah. feel as brutal like um like I, I was really bad um company on like with, with edinburgh this year like since since i started doing comedy i'd and it's not healthy but I, i'd really wanted to get on like those nominations like lists mm. for the award up there because i would look at like when i was wanting to do comedy when i was like 18 19 yeah I was looking at the lists and going ah Peter Kay, like League of Gentlemen, this everyone's like on that. Um, so I'd really, really built it up as something that I wanted to get at some point, and I knew I was like on a kind of long list, and knew I was had the potential of getting it. So the morning of those like mm. awards, I spent the whole day being like, ah, oh, I'm not going to get it, and I'm going to feel really shit, and it's a night, and and this is like maybe the the best it's gone this year mm. oh, if it doesn't happen how, how am i going to deal with that oh i'm going to want to do this and all i was like spent basically like from nine in the morning until i found out going this is going to be awful i'm going to feel really down i'm going to feel shit mm. um and i think it's just because in my head was like if i allow myself to get too much like um oh imagine if it happened you'd feel really happy about that you would feel really proud and you'd better call your parents and say this happened and you better do this and this. Um, and I think if you allow yourself to think about that too much and yeah. then it doesn't happen, you've sort of built up this 
hypothetical happiness and then it's fallen down but um yeah if you sort of bash yourself down a bit you sort of the yeah. landing isn't as extreme as it <laughs> does happen um and also the kind of yeah if it does happen then i guess it feels a bit nicer because you haven't got yourself in a position where you're like yeah it's 100 happening or something yeah 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 um, that's the danger of those things yeah it's the danger of that i've, I've seen yeah. it happen to so many people up there and and you do you do get caught up in it and i remember it's only now coming away from it I wasn't up there last year. When you think about it, and you go, "Yeah, you you were never going to be on that list, Rich, because your show was shit." <laughs> it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? You go like when I look back, I go, "Yeah, who the fuck did you think you were in 2015 with that garbage? It wasn't even a show." <laughs> when you, you just get caught up in the bollocks, and um, it's easy to do though, especially like you say, you know, mm. you got to that point, you're on the long list, and. You're one of those comics, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass, but mm. to, to, if I'd seen you be nominated, I'd be like, yeah, of course, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, and it's easy. To, and then when you've got people around you saying that as well, mm. with you could be as humble as you like, but it's going to feed something, and you're going to go, well, yeah, everyone else is saying, yeah, this, yeah. this could happen. And you go, yeah, yeah, of course it's going to happen. And it, and I've seen that happen to a few people and been with, been, you know, in close proximity with people that are getting that mm. attention. And you just see it kind of, the pressure. Oh, yeah. Like, I I've, I think this year I've was easier for me because the show was selling a bit better. I, um, I didn't know if anyone was coming in. In, in the past, because my ticket sales wouldn't be good, if mm. someone important was coming in, I maybe had to know so that I could maybe try and boost sales and say to some friends, like, oh, could you, if you're going to come, could you come today? Because there's, there's mm. someone in and it might help, like, boost numbers. So I was a bit oblivious to it. But, um, yeah, they, as soon as you, yeah, it's that annoying thing of you worry about your show being good. And then if it starts going well, you feel good about it. And then, yeah, you start having people kind of going, Oh, you know, you're doing well. Have, have you got? Have the judges been in? And you're like, mm. oh, I'd, I'd love to not. I'm trying not to think about it, but um, yeah, it's just yeah. I think Edinburgh is not a healthy place for comedians, and I, I really love it. And yeah. I'm I'm hoping I'll love it like more now that like I feel like a bit less pressure to go up there and and get those things again. Mm. Um. But yeah, you're just sort of like with everyone who's doing the same thing as you and getting reviewed, having direct, it's just a kind of direct comparison yeah. for a month. Um, and the more things like that with like reviewers and awards that come up, um, the more ways to make you feel bad. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, the the money of it and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's a real... Um, yeah, like a, a kind of boiling point thing where you can really sort of lose your head a bit because yeah. you put so much into it. And if it's not going well, you've put like a year of work into it and you've probably lost a couple of thousand pounds. It's mm. it's like a it's a really volatile sort of way to do a career. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure there are like equivalents in other job, jobs and stuff, but... um. Yeah, it does just feel like a mad way to um to put everyone in the same place. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Competing and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like, isn't it? It's like that thing where, you know, if you're working for some com- a company somewhere and, you know, you're putting the graft in and you're and you're you're saying the right things to the people that matter and the people that can give you the promotion that you're after, and then just mm. some dickhead gets it over you because he's mates yeah, with his yeah. brother or something like that, and you're like, you oh, yeah. fucking what? I just busted my ass for that, and it's yeah. like we, like you say, there's a lot of pressure. You know, you've worked a year on a show, you've put a lot of money into it, you've got like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever done. And then some dickhead tweets you, that was shit. I saw you today and you were shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, oh, no, just, oh, God. And it just takes that one minute, that one moment to just, it all just comes crashing down around your ears. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, I got, I got a three-star review this year from the Arts Desk, who aren't, you know, they're not like a big reviewer. Yeah. They're not the sort of person that if you got, like a four or a five from, you know, you'd be like, oh, that's, that's great. But you wouldn't be like, the, the fucking arts desk have given me like a good review. <laughs> but um, but it still put me in such a bad mood and had like a really good run and good reviews and, and some really good reviews from people who I like really respect and really like, and like, like the Guardian and stuff who had never reviewed me before. Yeah. But then saw... I got this free from the arts desk and it, it really affected my mood. And I was just thinking, it shouldn't matter. It's, it's gone well. Um, but um, yeah, it's just so easy to focus on. Um, yeah, you could be having like a good month and then just go, well, I'm not having a good month for God into the fucking arts desk. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's so, so subjective. Like, um, it, and this is an example of getting caught up in the bullshit that we mm. all do. When you're like fucking arts desk, the fucking, I'm gonna go. Where are they? I'm gonna go and find them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I know people who have done that where they, you know, they'll tweet about a bad review they've got, or they've. I know someone who. I mean, I sure remember seeing someone who like emailed like their kind of reply to like a bad review, and you just. I just think you just gotta let it go. Yeah. And and also what you're doing while you do this is is just making it really public to everyone else that you've got that bad review. You think most people won't see it and now you've quote tweeted it going, yeah. This is fucking bullshit <laughs> and then you're reading on Twitter going, Well, oh, I'm definitely gonna read this now. Yeah, now it's now I've seen this. What where what's this to do with and then you follow yeah, the trail yeah. back. I remember must be about ten years ago. And I was like, I, I where was I? I wasn't. I, there was a someone got a really scathing review, mm. and someone messaged me and went, "Have you seen this review?" And the review went round. Everyone read it. And yeah, then yeah. one day I was in bed. It was early in the morning. I was in bed, and my phone went, and I looked, and it was another comic. And he and he went, "They've replied." And that was it. Oh. And you're like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even, like, he didn't send me a link to it. He didn't say, he just, I just knew exactly what he meant. He went, Dave replied. And I went, fuck. And then found it. And the reply was, oh my God, it was brutal. I think I know, yeah. I think I might know the show you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember finding that quite, quite exciting. Yeah. Because um, if it's the one I'm thinking about, the review was like a, a like demolition. Yeah, job. yeah, yeah. It was, 
most shows you give like a one star to, but I think this is like a zero star. This is um, a character. This this went into personal. Yeah, yeah. Character. Like they clearly hated it and just yeah. wanted to like destroy this person. But yeah, I, I remember the reply also being like, "Oh, I don't know if this is going to help you." <laughs> no, it was. I think it was that. It was like, "This isn't going to help," but fuck it, I'm going to say, "I'm just going to yeah, say my yeah. piece." And it, yeah, it was the the the, the reply was f- actually funnier than anything else that had gone on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You maybe kind of restore a bit of your reputation. We like, yeah, that show didn't do well, but. It's replying to reviews. <laughs> it's like five star. It should be a, be a writer. Just do that. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all it took was that Dave replied, and you're like, "Fuck!" Mm. Oh no, yeah, it's such yeah, yeah. a. It's uh, I love I love what we do. They come, you know, when I talk to comedians on here, you know, we do talk about comedy, and and it is. I think people there is that people just assume that we're just a barrel of laughs you know, mm. running around together and just, you know, like arm in arm, like, oh, it's so great being comedians. And it's just, yeah, yeah. it is great what we do. I'm not knocking it. it. I love being a comedian and I love getting to talk to and see, see comics like you and go like, oh yeah, that was good. Mm. You know, and it, and it's, it's, but then there's the other side of it when you're just sat in the services at 3am. Just yeah, outside yeah. Nottingham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and someone said you're shit, and you're like, oh, I just had an off night, and yeah, yeah. There's um, it's just sort of well, not not st- stealing, but some at the gig last night, um, Dinesh Nathan was on, and he said something that I thought was so funny. Where he was saying if if he's had a bad gig, sometimes he doesn't even allow himself the radio on the drive home because. <laughs> Because he thinks he doesn't deserve it, just thought like how uh, how much uh, we punish ourselves. That so he's like, I'm not even going to put the fucking radio on. I'm just going to drive in silence and and think about it. Think um, about what you've done. Yeah, well, I thought it was so funny and so so brutal. Like, oh mate, that's yeah. I I think I've done something like that where I've just gone. No, you're not going to have something to eat. You're yeah, gonna yeah. no. You're, it's like punishing a child for being naughty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. gonna get McDonald. You're gonna get McDonald's on the way home. You're not everyone now. You've been naughty. Yeah. <laughs> or you you go to McDonald's, but you gotta get a bag of carrots, fruit <laughs> shoot. <laughs> just a grown man saying, "Yeah, just have a bag of carrot and a fruit shoot, please." <laughs> One of yeah, those bags of like. That- Apple and grapes. Do you want to make that into a meal? (laughs) (laughs) I don't deserve a meal. I just deserve (laughs) this. Oh God! It's 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 always. I've said this before, and it's always the gig that's furthest away from your house that yeah yeah, yeah. you've got the longer to travel. He's I've said this before. Again, I was driving back from. I thought I was driving back from Newcastle, and I've left. I hadn't, I'd, I'd had like an hour's kit and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to go. And I was driving back through the night back to back to London. And it got to sort of like, it was like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. And I was hurtling down the A1 and I was knackered. And I was just like, oh, I'll be home in a bit. And then this duck just appeared out of the central reservation. 
and I could, and I just went fucking bang and killed this duck. Oh. And I was like, oh, it's bad enough that I had a shit gig. Now I've killed a duck. And I still think about it. Like the duck went, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. And I heard it go, and I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. And I'm just, oh, it was awful. That that destroyed, That's what I mean. That was years ago, and I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, poor duck. Yeah. yeah, it always comes in like twos or threes or something. Yeah. Those kind of yeah. moments. Um, <laughs> and if you'd had a good gig, maybe you wouldn't have, Maybe you wouldn't have cared. No. You'd you'd have run over the duck and been like, you know what, fuck (laughs) fuck that duck. I'm Rich fucking Wilson. (laughs) Yeah. I've just absolutely smashed it at Cardiff Glee. I can kill whatever duck I want. Pulling over, getting out of your car, making sure the job's done. (laughs) Making sure you, yeah, 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 taking photos of it. Another victory for old Wilson. (laughs) I've had it before walking back from a gig and it's been, it's, you know, oh, fuck, that wasn't great. And then seeing a fox, like, stop what it's doing and just look at you and it looks like the fox goes. Yeah. And then just <laughs> getting judged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might be in the bins, mate, but at least I didn't die on my arse in Bracknell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe foxes can sense when a comedian's had a bad one. Yeah, I think they can. They just know. They look at us differently. <laughs> oh, he's not a threat. Look at him. Pathetic. Yeah. I could go up to him and nick his crisps. He'd <laughs> <laughs> let me have them because he doesn't yeah. deserve them. <laughs> he could kick the fruit shoot, though. That stuff's shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, you, so you, you're you off on tour? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, from January 2024, yeah. I'm doing a little tour. Um, kind of going all, all over really like from brighton cambridge bristol manchester leeds sheffield edinburgh glasgow um the the left field choices seem to be newport pagnell and selby oh yeah <laughs> they've, they've they've snuck into the tour schedule that's all right um, isn't it? <laughs> yeah so um yeah but um but yeah i'm excited about that and i'm doing a little kind of extension of the Soho Theatre run. So I've got three more dates. Excellent. Um, 29th to 31st of January. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, it's nice to get a bit of shelf life after doing Edinburgh and, you know, mm. not having to immediately move on to working on another show. It's nice to um, keep doing it. And I think I'm filming it at, at some point Brilliant. to put out... Um, yeah, so that's um, that's the plan, really, for next year. Yeah. Fantastic, mate. And it's good to see, honestly, I'm not just saying it, it's really nice to see your success. You're a, you're a, yeah, you're a top thanks, comic, and it's really, it's been lovely to see you blossom and become mm. Ian fucking Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Duck killer. <laughs> Fruit shoot swigger. <laughs> Extraordinaire. <laughs> um, where can we find you on the socials? Um... So, like, I think Instagram seems to be my main place at the minute, but yeah. everything is sort of at or forward slash Ian Smith comedy. Um, yeah, it feels like everyone's sort of transitioning away from uh, X, formerly yes. known as Twitter. Um, yeah. Yeah, in, Instagram is probably the best place, and then I've got, like, you know, the kind of links in bio type thing where I put everything up. Yeah, brilliant. 
brilliant. Ian, this has been lovely. Thank you very yeah, much for talking me. to me. No, it's been great, mate. It's been great. Uh, so this has been Insane in the Membrane. And uh, I've been Rich Wilson. This has been Ian Smith. And we'll see you next time. Insane in the Membrane. Excellent. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.